0: to the voices behind women's cricket chat. That's Alex, Hannah, Georgie and Cassie. Coming up on today's podcast we've got Northwest Thunder and Manchester Originals bowler Laura Jackson. Not only that, Laura was voted Breakthrough Player of the Year for this season. Not only that, her hard work has certainly paid off as she was just awarded her first Full time professional contract. We sat down with Laura just before the contracts were announced, and we talked to her about all things cricket, Thunder, Manchester Originals, and what it was like to go to Australia when she was 18 and ride in a hot air balloon.
1: Yeah, so welcome, Laura, to Women's Cricket Chat this week. Note hammers. Uh, Alex has got her hundred bottle there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So welcome to Women's cricket chat obviously you know everything we're about celebrating women's games and then we went for the the cheeky dm slide after you were named thunder cricket's breakthrough player of the year so that was pretty cool so talk us through what that was like and what this season has been like for you
2: oh well it was an absolute shock and um, getting the award to be honest because we had the award night and going into the awards we didn't know what was going to be awarded um because it was the first time since COVID and having the presentation Um, and obviously Lammy sweeped up player of the year, um, fully deserved. She had an amazing year. Um, And then next minute they announced the breakthrough player of the year. And I didn't even think twice. And uh, next minute my name uh, got mentioned and I just kind of sat there, my eyes wide open couldn't believe that my name had just been called and everyone was staring at me at the table going like, Laura, elbow me like, go off I was like all right okay <laughs> so um started walking off and then um, yeah the room was full of people and um, I, I was just so happy I, I couldn't believe it um, and yeah I just was just so grateful and I've just been given such a great opportunity this year and um, yeah I can't wait for what the future holds really so uh, yeah the presentation was really a fun night um, but then yeah this, this year it's just, it's just been amazing um, it's I think, to be honest, COVID's kind of helped this year um, because I've been in Australia previously. So I came home and um, trained in the winter. So I think if it wasn't for me training in the winter and made the improvements that I needed to make, um, I wouldn't be sat here today doing the things that I've done this season. So, yeah, it's just been incredible. And you just touched there on the fact that in 2019
0: you did spend your winter in Australia in melbourne to be precise one of the things you got to experience was traveling in a hot air balloon so tell us what that was like
2: oh it was great um (laughs) the eddie bad part was I had the semi-final that morning so I had to get up at three or four in the morning uh, I go on this hot air balloon uh, but it was incredible because they said to us oh depending on the wind we might be able to go through the city or if the wind's bad we'll have to go around and luckily enough the wind was fine so we got to go through um all like the skyscrapers and buildings and things like that and oh it was incredible um you it wasn't just us and the company that we traveled with there was loads of other companies from all different areas and there there must have been about 30 40 hot air balloons um all in the sky at once Uh, and yeah it, it was just breathtaking just getting to see the city um and yeah it just went on for miles so that was really good
1: And it's one of those things like you're in Australia, you're doing incredible things like that and you're the other side of the world playing the sport that you love. So obviously you would have gone to see cricket at the MCG. When you were there, did you find yourself being like, okay, right, I want to play here?
2: Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, I went there as much as I could. Um, The Big Bash I went to a lot. I went to the Boxing Day Test. Um, Always tried to just go... At, at any time I could um and it's, it's just it's just such a great place um it's the stadium I've not experienced before and uh, one of the years I actually went there um, my club had the chance to do a catching competition uh, at the boxing day test on the third day so I actually got to go on the pitch crowd was a bit rowdy and they had a few beers by then um, and I was the only girl um in the club doing it so I felt a lot more pressure um, I think I was the only English one as well and yeah it was yeah so
1: obviously you got to experience some amazing things while you were out in Australia but what actually led you to go there in the first place it's quite a big step at that age
2: Yeah, so um I was at the end of college and I applied for all my university um applications and it got to the month of where I got my results and I got in, managed to get into uni but then I just wasn't really feeling it, didn't think uni was for me because no one in my family actually went to uni. Um, and then I thought, oh, someone kind of mentioned Australia. I said, that that sounds exciting and um, something I'd like to do. But at that age, I thought only, like, top top players could go as if, like, if you played for England, then you could go. And um, So I spoke to um, uh, Jen Barden at Lanx, and um, she put me forward to the people that knew people in australia and um they managed to get me in an, an interview on skype at the time um with a club that was looking for another female player and it was it was organized very very last minute and um i had the interview and right at the end of it he said yeah right we would love to have you do you fancy coming over i was like are, are you sure me <laughs> um but yeah and i was absolutely delighted and then within about two or three weeks i was jetting off to australia on my own at 18 so um, that's what kind of got me there and um, I am I, I hit jackpot with the club that I got to um, I didn't look at any of the clubs it was just that one to be honest and um, they've done what so were, good for
1: what me. was so fab about the club
2: uh, it was big to start with um, I think there was about 20 something junior teams and um, six men's team and only one women's team um and I was just able to play I could play under 18s at that point because I was um because girls can play a year or two below I then played men's on a Saturday and then I played women's on a Sunday so I was able to get all the cricket in that I wanted and um so many junior teams I was able to coach as much or as little as I wanted and um, to get some extra pocket money in um and it was in it was in the heart of Melbourne so like, the world was my oyster I could I didn't have to drive because there's trams everywhere. Um, they sorted my accommodation for me. Um, and I just met some amazing people.
1: And Melbourne so, is so cool. It's such a cool place. It's so good. As us oldies yeah. say, but like the brunch, the coffee, the rooftop bars, and you're all set.
2: Oh, you've nailed it there, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I did a weekend there and I think I spent about $800. It was astonishing. I was like, oh my God, I don't have it. Oh what have I done? But um, yeah, it's worth amazing. And so, yeah, obviously you just up sticks at 18 and went. Um, yes. Would you be looking to go back again?
2: Uh, yeah, I would. Um, I, I absolutely loved it and it done me the world of good Um, going there. But I realised that the winter I had in England last year has improved me so much because we got all the um, coaches in. Um, so I also want to improve as well while I'm I'm still young. So I definitely do want to go back, but I do need to try and balance um, what's best for my career.
0: Just quickly, also on your stint in Australia, you played in the inaugural regional Big Bash for the yes. Stars. And in your match, you were player of the match with figures of three for 12 off four overs. That's astonishing. Talk us through
2: that. Oh yeah, um, that, again that was another incredible experience I had, um, Yeah, they got all the players from all the different leagues um, and just put us in a team together and it was great because you're used to playing them week in and week out trying to get them out and uh, trying to win and everything and then next minute you're all putting a team together and it, it felt rather strange. But then we all had a joke saying, yeah, I'm glad we're on the same team. I don't have to try and get you out this week. <laughs> um, and it was, it was just a great laugh. And just the women's community all came together. It was so nice just to be with each other and talk all about women's cricket and how it can improve what we're doing good. And, yeah, it was, it was such a lovely day being with everyone.
1: And obviously, Australia has been kind of leading the way in women's cricket did you find that it was quite different while you're out there to what you see over here and you're like this is why they've got such a good foundation and they're doing so well at the elite level
2: yeah it, it was quite different especially when I first went out um and it took a few seconds to get my head around uh what leagues they have because obviously they've they've obviously got the big bash which was absolutely incredible then they got state cricket then premier cricket um and then just club cricket so it, it was tough to get the head around but then once I'd realised everything that was going on it was good to start talking to people and seeing um, what different pathways there were and when you start off at grassroots what's the way forward and um, I, did, I did quite a lot of coaching there so um, I was really trying to push the juniors in the right direction um, but yeah they, they, do, they do have it right and I'm glad to see England are starting to take steps to do uh, what they're doing.
1: Obviously um, you played in Australia in those formats and then you've been over here this summer playing in the inaugural 100. Do you think that's really taken a step towards the kind of level that you want in Australia and the professionalism of the women's game over here?
2: Oh 100% um, the 100 was exactly what we needed and um, as I mentioned before I think Covid helped with that as well because then we were playing in the uh, stadiums alongside the men, um, which we wouldn't have got the crowds in otherwise. Um, and yeah, just that that month of cricket, was it was just so exciting. And anyone, anyone and everyone who knew I was taking part in it wanted to talk to me about it, whether they knew what cricket was or not. And my next door neighbours were absolutely loving life, texting me all the time, talking about the 100. And they don't know too much about cricket. So it was just the hype around it, how exciting it was. Um, it, I think it's exactly what we needed. And all my friends from Australia too watched it saying like they they hope they get to uh, have it in their country as well because it, it just looks so much fun. So I definitely think it was um, in the right direction.
0: And obviously there was a lot of hype around the first match of the 100. They decided to go with a standalone women's match, which you played in. What was it like for you as a player to play in the first ever 100 match and for it to be a women's match
2: well that that first game was absolutely incredible I because I I got signed uh, I was the last player to get signed in the originals um so I I was just so excited for the experience just to be around those players just to be around the professionalism because I've never been around it before um and then when I when I got told I was playing I was just I, I nearly fell off my chair, I think. Um, and then I was just so keen to get it going. But I do get nervous. So I, I can remember I was just trying to breathe and get myself through it. And um, a few of the girls on the team kept checking if I was okay, because uh, they they knew that I'd not been a part of anything like this. But um, yeah, the, when as soon as it started kicking off, those fireworks at the start of the game, just I, ha- I had goosebumps. I can remember um, the person I was sitting next to. I was just like, oh my god, I've got goosebumps, and uh, it was just incredible. And just the crowd again, like getting such a good crowd first game, just for a women's game. It. I just kept saying to myself, we're writing history here. This is going to be amazing. And um, but yeah, when I, I can remember when I first started bowling because um, I didn't know if I was going to be bowling in the power play or not but I, I think I had the last one of the last bits in the power play and um, Crossy ended up coming over to me he was like are you okay Laura I was like yeah I just can't really feel my legs at the minute <laughs> and then she said okay right we're just gonna stand here I'm gonna breathe and you're gonna be absolutely fine um, I can remember that first ball I bowled. I couldn't feel my legs at all. <laughs> I don't really know how I got that ball down there in the first point. But um, yeah, it all went well first game and it was just so, so exciting to be a part of.
1: Yeah, and what's quite nice, I guess, for you that quite a lot of the, the Manchester OGs were, you know, Northwest Thunder players, so you probably knew them quite well. Was it a bit of a different dynamic having Crossy as a captain instead of Hartley?
2: Um, to be fair, uh, no, because Crossy's been captain a couple of times in um, previous years for different things. And uh, she's always been quite a senior player in the team and she's always uh, tried to help as much as she could, uh, being a, a seam bowler like myself. Um, so I I just knew that we were in safe hands and she would always have my best interest at heart and we can always have a laugh as well. So I, I trust her completely. And... Uh, I think it worked out pretty well. And the Manchester
0: original side had such a vast wealth of talent uh, from the international players, with the likes of Mignon Dupree, Harman, pretty cool. What was it like to be in and amongst those players
2: and what did you learn from them? Oh, I was starstruck because I've not really been around uh, players of that calibre before, but I just I went into it thinking I just want to absorb as much as I can because they've been there, they've done that. They're used to this and I know I just had so much to learn from them. So I wanted to see um, how they warmed up, how they trained, what their pre-match routines were. And I was just trying to get as much in as I could from them as possible. And then, of course, we got uh, Sophie Eccleston and our team as well. And we don't get to play with them much at Northwest or Lanks uh, with uh, being so busy. Um, and it was good to see how she did her match routines as well because everyone's just so different and I'm still learning myself so I I just wanted to see what was best for me as well so yeah it was just amazing to be around them and so for youngsters
1: out there you used to call yourself an oldie but 23 is not old youngsters out there looking up to you as a role model and that kind of thing obviously it was different when you first started playing didn't you just start playing at a social barbecue or something like that
2: Yeah, that was So now they've
1: got people like you to look up to. But yeah, tell us the story of how a barbecue got you playing cricket.
2: Well, I hadn't really heard of cricket, to be honest, um, growing up, because I'm an only child. So I didn't have any brothers or sisters to play in the back garden with. And uh, my parents are badminton mad. So uh, badminton was my sport when I was growing up. And yeah, my my friend, I think I was 11 or 12, something like that, said that our local cricket club, had cricket on a Friday did I want to come along and I said oh I don't know I'll be training for badminton then and, and she said but Laura there's there's a barbecue um and it's summer so you've got to have a barbecue I Went, oh go on yeah okay you, you know gotta love some sausage and burgers on the barbecue after you've just played some cricket and I thought yeah lovely I'll go for that and then the bar was open for the parents and it was just a, a lovely summer's night evening for everyone and yeah, it just kind of went from there, and then the girls started to grow, and uh, we got a district side set up, and there was just loads of people from my school because we had a very sporty school. And um, then yeah, I think at the age of fourteen, I got Lancs trials. I unfortunately, didn't get in, which was no problem. Uh, just continued to work hard. My dad got me uh, one-to-one sessions at. Old Trafford to try and get in. And then the following year at 15, I got into the Lanx squad. And yeah, I just to think back then I'd be where I am now, I I never would have believed you. So yeah, just put in all the hard work and then you never know where it gets gets you. And
0: you obviously said that you kind of fell into cricket in the sense that you just went to a barbecue and just picked up a bat and started playing. Um, did you have any role models as you progressed further on in your career or was it just sort of more male role models or female or what was it really? Yeah, I, I don't
2: think I had uh, too many role models growing up because uh, I was I was just so new to it and I was just doing what my friends were doing at the barbecue. But um, as I did get older, obviously Freddie Flintoff was a huge um icon um and him being at Lanx as well um I just always kept an eye out for him and I just I just loved his personality as well I just liked that he brought something else to cricket he wasn't just great at it uh, he also brought like just all of his jokes and uh, his personality um, so I, I definitely looked up to him but then um, we got into a lot of school tournaments indoor competitions with my school and um, danny hazel was there a lot of the time and again great personality loved her uh and yeah, just always had a laugh so again i always looked up to her because i just wanted to enjoy it as well and she always looked like she was enjoying cricket so i think those two are the main ones that stood out to me
1: would you say that enjoying it is sort of uh, ingrained in the integral part for you because like would you say there's no point doing it if you're not enjoying it
2: Oh yeah Um, to to be really honest with you I don't think it's until this year that I've truly been able to say I've enjoyed every part of my cricket this summer this summer has just been so epic I I've loved every second of it I've been laughing I've made new friends and it's really shone a different light on how good the sport is because I always just played to win really Um, and be the best I could which of course is very important but if you enjoy it on the side then you've just got best of both worlds and you just want to keep going and then it's more uh, motivation for you to do better.
0: Like you said it's been a whirlwind summer for you, you made loads of friends and stuff like that. Social media also came into play a lot with the hundred of each team being assigned a content creator. How did you find that process for someone who perhaps May not have dealt
2: with the media as much as other players in your team. It it was great. I kind of wanted to grab it uh, with two hands because I thought it was a great opportunity, and the fact that we had someone following us around all the time who was just so keen to get the content out there and to grow, just like the brand, the image, all of us. And yet, that was a lovely person who we had as well. And you know, it's just. It, it was just it was just great and then when you see on the Instagram page that your face is on there your name's on there and people are actually supporting you for just being you it it really gave a, a lot of confidence and um, a bit of a boost which I didn't know I needed and um, so yeah I think it, it was such a good idea of doing it
0: and uh, just on your confidence is that what helped you perhaps with the
2: TikToks with Hartley to get them out there Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I did say to myself, I would never, ever download TikTok. And then I downloaded it. And then I said, I'd never make a TikTok. And then, yeah, here we are. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's just a good laugh. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be doing any serious ones. But yeah, I just like the funny ones. It's just a bit of a laugh. And then uh, seeing people's re- responses is really funny. And, you know, just being silly of people, pulling pranks on people, just make light of every situation. <laughs> I think a lot of that sort of helped
1: with the whole atmosphere of it, you know, making it accessible to younger, older, male, female families and everyone really, rather than it just be, you know, your traditional cricket fans. I think that was something that was great like that. Do you think it's going to inspire a whole new generation to come through?
2: Definitely. Um, Like you could see from the 100, the kids in the crowd and when we were at the grounds themselves, there were so many kids just around the grounds and um, I can remember it was rainy one day and we were just doing some training warming up in the indoor centre and then as I was walking out there were all kids just waiting at the fence waiting for us to come out asking for pictures and you can just see how excited they were and the social media will help with the young young people of cricket because like they get to see it outside of cricket as well and they get to see that we're not just a cricketer, like we, we have a personality as well and you can get to know us. So, yeah, I do think it's very important having the social media and with the youngsters.
1: So going forward from here, obviously you're now a TikTok sensation, but on the cricketing side, what are your aspirations from here on? So I'm guessing you'd be hoping to return to the OGs next summer, but do you have international aspirations or go back to the Big Bash? or looking at the Commonwealth next year will you be there watching or hoping to join the England squad at some point
2: oh well 100% our the dreams to get back to the OGs um, say so again amazing summer amazing experience and I don't want to miss out next year so 100% really want to try my hardest to get into that and um to be honest with you I've I've never really had any dreams beyond getting the highest I could in Lancashire, obviously now um, the Thunder team. But just seeing that you don't have to be um, an England superstar, that you can play in the Big Bash. So, you know, it's starting to get me thinking, like, where can I go from here? And, you know, like to play in the Big Bash, that would be absolutely amazing. Um but yeah, okay, I, obviously, I was to... obviously
1: there's a lot of the girls out there at the moment playing. So do you have you been watching them thinking, yeah, that's gonna be me?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, very jealous. Uh, but yeah, it just spurs me on to work even harder, knowing that I could eventually get there. But yeah, like the world's our oyster and women's cricket's new and it's going places, so I won't say no to anything. I'm just gonna keep working hard and see where it can take me.
0: Just on the Manchester OGs, COVID was obviously a big factor this year. I'm not sure whether the teams are allowed to intermingle. So if you were, what kind of questions would you like to pick the brains of the bowlers on the men's side?
2: Yeah, so I think we were quite lucky with the Manchester Originals. Um, We I think we probably mingled the most out of all the teams. Um, we had great COVID officers um, and they made sure everything was safe and a big enough room, ventilated, all that. But we did have a few of the boys come to our training sessions and try and help as much as they can. So uh, we had Finney come down and have a look at us at the Sea Bowlers and he was, he was just asking me questions on what I was doing. Um, and then he would just ask me a few questions, um, you know, just trying to get. Uh, my my thought process going, um which just helped so much because I my my cricket knowledge is so new and I'm I'm learning still and I needed help with my field placements um because bowling against international players was different than you know just playing club cricket or something. So yeah um I, I did get a bit of help to be fair. The lads were really good to us this year.
1: Yeah, I would have to really try not to be starstruck.
2: It was. There was, like, you stood next to Car, Sprath, like, looking up at him, and um, he's just so cool, and you're trying not to um, act like a little girl. So you're really aware of
1: all your limbs, and you're like, oh, God, I
2: yeah. can't walk properly. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know the one. And
2: you're like, oh, stop messing with your, stop messing with your hands, yeah. hands by your side, stand up straight.
1: <laughs> nice. And so then, obviously, from the 100, you're back into the regional stuff. Have you found that that's really advanced in the last few years?
2: Yes, definitely just the training that we've had the winter training um just having three four five coaches there every session you can just tell that money's going into it and it's really helping us um i just i can't believe uh, how good the thunder teams moved on um and i think about the standard last year We were kind of counting on one or two players to try and get us through the game. But this year there were so many different players who could offer so many different things. And um, if someone didn't get runs, then we knew that there was going to be some other players that we could rely on. Same with the bowlers. There's just so many, uh, so much talent in the team. And I'm honestly so excited for this winter because we now know what we're getting ourselves into. And I'm excited to see how everyone trains and coming together next year. And the Charlotte Edwards
0: Cup perhaps didn't go to plan for you guys, but you managed to bounce back in the Rachel hayhoe Flint Trophy, ending up joint fourth. How much of an improvement do you guys see
2: that as? Yeah, a huge improvement. Um, you could just see the team from last year. Um, we, we just kind of said we want to be competitive in every single game. And yeah, this year we not only have we been competitive, that we've also won games that some people might not have thought we'd won. And we do have such a young side, so it's just all about getting experience, growing the players. And yeah, we we just we did better than what we thought. We ended on a high, and um, so yeah, we're happy, but we want to be better next year. So again, we'll be working really hard in the winter. And uh, one of those key moments. Uh,
0: for the season for the Northwest Thunder was when Emma Lam hit her century. What was it like for
2: you guys to be there to witness Emma Lam's century? It it was so special. Like we obviously we train every week together. We know how hard everyone works, and Lammy's just always been such a superstar. And um, for her to do that, and we we were just all so proud of her. She had such a big smile on her face. Um, it was just it was such a great moment and again she's making history which is what we want to do um, so yeah it was it was such a great event
1: right and so as we're coming towards the end of our chat um we like to do a thing at the end of all our pods and it's like a rapid fire questions we'll so that. um I mean don't worry we won't be like delving into your personal life or anything because <laughs> Yeah, you can keep that to yourself anyway so first thing I want to start with is Hannah's favorite one is what's your favorite sledge
2: oh I I just go with stupid nicknames if they do something silly I just like to pick up on it I don't have a go-to um saying I just I just like to take the mix slightly favorite <laughs> item at a village cricket tea oh you gotta have chicken nuggets I love a good chicken nugget get me some hot food tomato sauce I want chicken nuggets <laughs> last series you binged oh um oh it's got to be shameless on mm. Netflix Um, the American one
0: in the interest of Lamy,
2: um have you got your wedding
0: outfit sorted yet
2: Oh, I hope I get invited. Um, I need to go go out and get a hat don't I'm so excited for that. <laughs> um,
1: last book you read?
2: Oh, it's got to be from college. I don't read books. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite um, reality TV show? Or I do like Real Housewives of Cheshire. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say. It's <laughs> not that, that embarrassing. Podcast. Favorite drink? Pepsi, Pepsi Max.
1: Okay, favourite alcoholic drink? Oh,
2: we'll go with cider. Oh, no beer, hard <sighs> decision. No, I'll go beer, yeah. We'll go with coffee. Bay. Not coffee, that's cider. Oh, I'm messing up. <laughs> corona, we'll go with Corona. We'll go with Corona,
1: with the lime in, obviously.
2: Oh, I'm allergic to citrus, so I can't do that.
1: Ooh, ooh, that. Oh, oh, I'm loving that. I noted that one when you're coming to our Christmas party. Oh fabulous.
2: <laughs> Favourite genre of music? Um pop. I'm all about in the what's in the charts. Love mm. new music.
1: Yeah, get you in the karaoke booth.
2: Oh yeah. I'll yeah. I'll show you what's what.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have an image of you all at awards ceremony just like doing karaoke or something at the end of it.
2: Oh that'd be very tragic.
1: <laughs> yeah, who's the best singer in the um in the changing room? Who's in charge of the tunes?
2: Oh, well, to be fair, uh, Danny Collins is in charge of the tunes, but Ellie Threlkeld can hold a tune. She's very good on the ukulele as well. There you go. You heard it here
1: first,
0: people.
2: <laughs> Who's a better captain, Cross or Hartley? Oh, you're trying to get me in trouble. Oh, I can't answer that. Oh. Oh. We'll go Crossy. Oh, you're getting me in trouble. <laughs> right, well, Alex, have you got any more? Um
1: favorite musician or artist? Oh
2: Billy Eilish, big fan. Yeah, good call. Headlining last next year. Oh,
1: oh, I wanna go. I, don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know I can't afford that. And I it's all tickets left over from last year and stuff, isn't it? But...
2: Yeah, true.
1: So before we run out of time, we want our listeners and fans to be able to find you across social media platforms. So if you could just tell us your Twitter, Instagram and TikTok handles and where our listeners can find you.
2: Uh, everything is Laura Jacko 22 uh, across everything. Um, so yeah, please find me.
1: <laughs> there we go. We love a bit of continuity.
2: Yeah, it's only a recent thing. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> well, it gets really
1: confusing otherwise. You're like, well, I'm this on that and then this on there Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much for chatting to us. I hope we haven't an- disrupted your lunchtime too much um, not at all ramble you honestly it's been so fab to talk to you. you you we can tell you love your
2: cricket oh thank you so much thanks for having me love talking to you massive
0: thank you to laura for coming on and being a guest on the podcast georgie and i both really enjoyed this one and once again massive congratulations on your professional contract and we can't wait to see more of those TikTok videos, you and Hartley, of what's going on. It was really great to hear about her cricketing career, how she actually got into cricket, how she ended up going to Australia at 18, getting to go on the MCG, and even being the last Manchester OG to be signed. What was, was a phenomenal summer for women's cricket. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgiaHeath27, at Cassie Coombs 98 and I'm at Alex AlexDaneCarrera on Twitter. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.